Stand with, stand together, and let's hook faith for the service tonight. The Lord's helping us so much. Thank you, Lord, for helping us in every way, Lord. Thank you for for giving us, giving us revelation from your word, anointing and utterance, Lord. We pray that it would be strong tonight, Lord. We ask for your help in this service, Lord. That it that that it be the words of God, not the ideas and opinions of a man, but that but that you show yourself big, Lord. Teach us, guide us. Grow us. Show us your goodness. Show us your mercy. Show us the reality of you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Glory to God. You know, uh, one of the best ways for people to know God is to see us. Amen. And in seeing us, uh, we, we need to look like him, though. Amen. <laughs> you know, and, and there's been days where I've looked like him. <laughs> Maybe I should say there's been hours. There's been days. There's there's been times. But but you know what? When every time it was, it was my decision. It was my decision to to be available for him. And and you know, as Christians, sometimes we get caught up in in this in these uh, religious ideas of God and how like he's going to take over our body and do things through us that'll help other people. No, you have to yield to him. Mm-hmm. We have to become more like him. We have to uh we have to become holy. Amen. Holy. And and it's not uh you can open your bibles to uh Leviticus 10:10. 10, 10. Whoa, Leviticus. Yeah. Holy. Holy, you know, it's a word sometimes that will scare people because it seems so unattainable because they, oh, I'm not holy. Well, then you decided not to be. Yeah, yeah. because being holy is separating yourself unto God. Amen? it's, it's, It's pushing away the things that would keep you from being available for His use. Amen? It, it is important that we are holy. He says, I'm holy, you should be holy. He didn't say you should be holy. He said, be holy because I'm holy. Right. And, and, and what he's saying is, you know, a lot of people look at that and they say, well, he's saying, be, if I can be holy, you can be. No, he's God. He is holy. Right. But if he, can, if he is holy, we can be holy. Yes. How many know we can go to a whole nother level, and we can always be available for the Master's use. It's important to be available for the Master's use. You know, there were times, let's just think of it this way. If you wanted to be available for the church's use, or say, say, say one of you were in the hospital, and Brother Moore, Mrs. Moore called me and said, Dave, we need you to go to the hospital. And I said, oh, great. <laughs> and then I got in a fight with Kim, kicked the dog, walked out the door, yelled at every driver in front of me on the way there. Huh? W- would I be fit for God's use, for the church's use at that point? How we live, what we do, how we think, what we allow ourselves to think. Amen? Will will affect... What, how, our holiness. 
Whether, let me rephrase that, it will affect whether we're holy or not. It will affect whether we've separated ourselves unto God or not. You know, because we can read these verses all we want. It's kind of like the love verses. We read them, but we read them for somebody else towards us. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Love is patient kind. They better be. <laughs> all right? Doggone right. We need them to be a little more lovely because they're not being very lovely towards me. Right? That, that's not how it works. Everything we get out of the Word is for us. And the only way you'll give it to somebody else is through, your, through you. Not, not just telling them, living it. Living it. Living a life worthy of the call. Amen? And, and it's important that we live that life and, and that, we, that we separate ourselves. And that we we don't become common because what what happens um, unholiness is common. Right? People say, "Oh, that's evil." No, it's common. Everybody that's not holy is unholy. Right? It's common. It's common. And you know what it takes? No work. No work. No effort whatsoever. Look at Leviticus ten ten. It says, "And that you may put a difference." between holy and unholy and a difference between unclean and clean. How many know that there should be a difference between us and the world? Yes. Yes. Amen? Amen? Yes. How many know that there should be a difference in the way I react to a problem and the way the world reacts to a problem? Wonder why there isn't more then. Huh? Wonder, wonder why we still deal with offense? In the church? Hmm? <laughs> oh, not our church. I'm talking about another church. You guys settle down. Not our church. No, you, nobody ever talks about anybody in our church. Huh? You, why, wonder why we still deal with those things. It, you know, people say, well, if they wouldn't have said that or if they wouldn't have done that. No, because you control you. If, 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 if you say if they would have, then you're saying they control you. They don't control you. You control you. So your reaction to their bad reaction could, could completely squelch the whole problem. But too many times our reaction is just like, oh, they're going to get mad at me. I won't talk to them. Get mad at me. I don't have to take that. I work at the church. They don't even know who I am. Brother Dave, I preach messages on love. <laughs> Doggone right, they don't know how much I love. I could love them right now if I wanted to, and it'd be, it'd be hot coals on their head till you burned them up. <laughs> that's not self-control. That's being controlled by somebody else's self. Yes, Amen. <laughs> It's, you know, just being a Christian does not automatically make you loving. Right? It doesn't. You have to control yourself. How many times do you read in the Bible, you do this, you do that? Let's say, let malice be gone from your life. What's, what's he saying? I'll take it away? No. He's saying, you get rid of it. You know, it'd be like somebody bringing you the tools and all the stuff to build a doghouse, and you saying, okay, now I got it. And you sit there and look at all those tools and all that doghouse material, 
And guess what? Your dog's going to be wet when it rains. Right? Because you ain't doing nothing. Right? God's giving us, He's equipping us, enabling us to be holy, to be loving, to be somebody that we weren't before, but that we should be and can be now. That, that's becoming a new creature. Right? Old things are passed away. <laughs> yeah. The unholy has passed away. The holy has come. But, but to be holy, we have to make that decision. We have to put a separation. We have to show the difference. Because if somebody in the world is acting just like us, if, we're, if the church is experience, experiencing the exact same problems at the, exact, at the exact same level that the world is getting in, then we're not different. We're not different. And why aren't we different? Well, the devil just attacks the church. It's a, well, but we know better. Yeah. It doesn't matter if the devil, if a loser attacks the church, which is a winner, then he already lost before he attacked. Right. So why are we worried? Right. I mean, he can throw his sticks and stones at the gate all he wants, and it won't help. He'll still be a loser, and we'll still be a winner. But when you open the gate and let him in, how, how does he get in? Through your head. He can't get in through your heart. Your heart got filled with the love of God. He's trying to get to your heart. He wants in your heart. But he has to think, of, okay, David and Goliath. What, what was Goliath doing? He had already defeated the whole Israelite army talking. Talking. They were defeated. Talking. He, he didn't even have to do anything. He told them how big and bad he was, and by telling them, they went and scurried into holes. David was self-controlled. He was yelling the same kind of junk at David that he was yelling at them. David didn't listen to it. He said, well, I don't have to listen to that. I'm a child of God. I have a covenant. He doesn't. What did he do? He talked back. He was holy. He did not allow thoughts into his head that would get into his heart that would push him under a rock. Amen? And in doing so, he saved a nation. Because everybody else was under the rocks. And, and they were mad at him for even coming. I mean, he, he had opportunity to get offended first. I mean, what if you came to this church and somebody came and oh, we know what you're doing here. You just came here to show off. You just wanted to see what was going on so you could go talk to all your buddies. You know, what if you came and somebody started talking about you immediately, especially if it's your brothers? We know, we know why you're here, your naughtiness of heart. We, you know, well, you're not here for the right reasons. David could have said, you know what? Die here. I'm out. Right? As he could have. You know what? A lot of Christians would have. Right? You go to the hospital and somebody's a little cranky. Ah, oh, they're never getting anything. Well, you going to help them? They're in the hospital. You're not. I might be a little cranky if I was in the hospital too. <laughs> right? In other words, ah, oh, they're cranky. They're, they couldn't receive nothing. Help them. Help them. What does holiness do? It, it is in a position to be used by the Master in every situation. Just those situations. Young people say, well, what do we do? You don't know. You don't need to know. He's going to use you when you make yourself available. He'll give you some words. you got to get there. 
But we've got to be willing to get there. Amen? Holiness and self-control. You know, we're going to talk about these things. I don't know how they all go together because the message didn't start the way I thought it would. So here we go. <laughs> Amen? 1 Peter 1. You know, holiness and love, those, those things, you know, all the things that God says He's given us, peace, wisdom, you know, people think those things are just going to jump on you after you're saved or from coming to church. It doesn't matter how many good messages you hear if you never do anything that's in the message. Right? I know how to install carpet. Really, I do. I can tell someone step by step how to do it. I cannot do it. Why? Because I never have. But I've watched somebody do it a whole bunch. Right? Now, what if a doctor came up to you and said, I, I've watched a lot of operations. I'm going right now. Come on. Get in there. I've even seen how to put you to sleep. Well, get it. Come on. Jump up on the table. Huh? Any Got any takers? No. No. You, you've got to do it. You've got, you got, you got to make yourself available by consecrating yourself to that work. Amen? And, and, and holiness is, is sanctifying yourself unto God. It's separating yourself unto Him. And, and in separating yourself, what you're doing is you're saying, I'm not going to think this way anymore. I'm not going to allow this in my life ever again. Amen? I know that I used to watch this, but it causes me to think this way, so I'm not going to watch this anymore. And, you know, a lot of people will never get that far because it's too hard. Holiness, it's too hard. It's not hard. It really isn't. It's, it's, it's making ourselves available for God and, and to help other people. It is love. It is love. Being holy and, and becoming holy is, is a great expression of love towards other people because the only reason you would do it, it's not like what we've dreamed about or what we've seen in church. You know, or, you know, it's like the guy that was praying, the Pharisee that was praying next to the, to the, the sinner. You know, he said, thank God I'm not like him. I tithe. I'm holy. I give. I'm holy. I go to church. I'm holy. None of those things are holy. In fact, is what he's doing is unholy because he's actually pushing himself away from God. He's actually taking himself from God. Rules aren't holy. Following rules doesn't make you holy. Yielding yourself to God. Separating yourself unto Him for His use in the kingdom of God. That, that's what makes you holy. Amen? And so, you know, people, you know, you go to churches, and, I mean, you got people that think their, their church is holy because the way, to, you know, they'll go to another church and they'll say, oh, you wouldn't believe it. There was a lady preaching. Oh, my gosh. I almost passed out. She was wearing makeup and jewelry. And I'm going to tell you right now, no dress. Pants in church. And there was some guy with long hair on the platform playing and singing. I don't know. I'm just glad I'm holier than that and we go to this church. That's not holiness. That's self-righteousness. And it's not, it's not even good righteousness. Amen? But that's... That this is the images that the world has been given. You know, because did you, did you, 
Did you go see that movie? Oh, I wouldn't go see that movie. Why do you have to say it that way? You know, Jesus always had a way to say something that only offended religious people. Right? Right? He, he always had a way of saying something that the only people that left mad were the religious folk. You, you don't have to say it that way. Oh, we'd never go see that. You did. <laughs> I can't believe you went to that movie and saw that. There's three curse words in there. My goodness. You didn't help that person. You made them feel worse about themselves. And there was a way of doing that. You may not go see that movie. It may not be something you wanted to do. But you, you don't have to make them feel bad or make you feel better. Right? You can't justify yourself into holiness. <laughs> that's, what, that's what the guy praying with himself did. We're not trying to justify ourselves into holiness. We're, we we want to help people. And, and if you get rid of evil speaking, you won't say, oh, I'd never go see that. When they say, well, that's not really evil speaking. Yeah, it made that person feel bad. That's evil. Yeah. Unless it was because of their, relig- their religious tradition, which Jesus made them feel bad all the time. But he really wasn't trying to do that. He was trying to get them to see. Yeah. He was trying to get them to see. You know, religious tradition will keep you away from holiness. Um, remember when they were mad at the at the disciples because they were picking wheat in the field and eating it, and and Jesus said, "Didn't you read about David when he was got to the temple and his people, him and his people, were hungry yep. and they ate the showbread?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, that really messed with them. Oh, yeah. You notice you didn't hear him say much after that. There was no more speaking from them after that. Right. Why? Because he he had good answers he he didn't give he didn't wasn't trying to make them feel bad he was trying to get them to see that sabbath wasn't put in place man didn't put sabbath in place sabbath was put in place for man in other words laws the the commandments they weren't put there to for so you could follow the rules and get to a step of holy they were put there because we needed them that they were necessary for us that to, to find the nature of God. But instead, we found rules and regulations and tried to, tried to get righteousness through the law, which would have been impossible because I don't know anybody that could do that. About the time they thought they made it, they'd say, I made it! And he'd say, oh, pride. Mm. <laughs> First Peter 1, verse 13. It says, therefore, uh, this is going to be NIV, because I don't know wherefore gird gird up your loins means, so I went with NIV. It means prepare your minds for action is what it means, by the way. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. This is a key to a lot of things. People are trying to get the Spirit to control them, and they've got to be self-controlled. They have the Spirit in them. The Bible says over and over, be temperate, which is self-controlled. Sober, which is self-controlled. In other words, you can't just fly off the handle as a Christian and expect things to be going well for you. You can't... (laughs) You're going to go all the way over here. You can't wear your feelings on your sleeve. 
and expect things to be going well for you. Because feelings on your sleeve means somebody else is controlling you. The minute they hit that feeling, they hit that nerve, oh, I can't believe he said that about me. Sometimes you don't even say anything about that person, but they thought you did. And the devil, man, he'll play with that until he's got you in a tiz. I mean, he'll, he'll have... He, you, yeah, they were talking about you. <laughs> They're telling the whole church this. And the next thing you know, you're mad at them and the whole church. And now you got to switch churches. And nobody was even talking about you. And it all could have been avoided if you didn't have your feelings on your sleeve in the first place. Feelings are very unreliable. Right? How many know if you feel sick and the Bible says you're well, one of them's right? You know which one is? The one you choose. Ah, it's the one you choose. You know, there's people that get sick and they, they fight it for a little while and they say, forget it. I'm sick and I'm saying I'm sick. And I guess you are now. Because, I mean, once you say it, and people say, well, you don't say you're sick. Don't say you're sick. Don't give in to that. I don't care how you feel. You're not a sick person. You're a well person fighting off sickness. <laughs> That's what your body's doing. It's not. It, it's, it's just fighting. It was built to do it. It'll do it. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. In other words, prepare yourself to do something. This isn't going to happen unless you decide to do something. And if you don't decide to do anything, nothing is going to happen. It's true. Self-controlled. You've got to be temperate. You've got to be self-controlled. There are things... Think about this. We can just go to the love verses. Go to 1 Corinthians 13, 4. These are all verbs. Is that what action word is? Schoolhouse rock every Saturday morning. Doggone right. Uh huh. My hero zero. Yeah. Let's put that in the NIV. Love is patient. Love is kind. Those are those are verbs. Those those aren't things that you just get. Those are things you do. Now, if all you do is get them, they're of no use to you. You got to do them. You have love in you, which means you have every quality that love has. But you must do love, right? And see, see what the world and, and the devil have tried to do. They've tried to take these words and they've tried to make them things that you just that sit on you and you never use. You know, oh, yeah, I love. And if I wanted to love you right now, I could. I don't have to, but I, I could love. If God decides to make me love you, by golly, I'll love you. But see, that God's not going to decide. He put the love of God in your heart through the Holy Spirit. Your job, my job, is to use that love. It's to use that love in every situation. What, 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 say somebody's wearing their feelings on their sleeve and they get hurt. You got love. Instead of getting mad at them, say, quit wearing your feelings on your sleeve, you stupid. No, you don't do that. You get patient and kind. Right? People say, I don't want to be patient and kind. Well, then you'll never get the rest because there's an order to, to love. Right? You've got to be patient and kind first. God, God doesn't put things in order by accident. In other words, we can't go to the verse and say, mm, patient, mm, not really good at that one. I'm going to go for a not envy. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna be pushy and mean, but I will not envy. Huh? Don't worry about that. No, I've got to boast every now and then. I got to make myself feel better. How am I gonna love if I don't make myself feel better? <laughs> we don't get to choose. You got all these things in you, and if you're gonna be holy, you're gonna let those things lead you. Right? Those things are going to be what leads you in the situation with the person that won't hear you. Right? And you'll be patient and you'll say, Ah, they didn't hear today, but I'm going to see them again tomorrow. Uh huh. And then you walk up to them kind. Kind. How many know kind is a good thing? Right? (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people say, Ah, they needed hard love. They need some kind hard love then. Yeah, yes, sir. Right? Because. I'm still looking for hard in the verse. (laughs) I'm not saying that sometimes you need to lay things on the line, but you need to do it in kindness. Because love is kind. It it doesn't say there's a time where love becomes unkind. (laughs) Love is kind. And if you're going to walk in love, you're going to find a kind way to offend somebody so that they'll not be offended. Right? The Lord will show you how to say something in such a way that they would normally get mad about it, but now they, all of a sudden they're like, oh, I see that now. I can change that. Yeah, but you don't try to, you don't try to tell them every problem they have in the world, right? You're not, trying to fix their, you're not trying to fix their whole life. You're trying to fix the situation. Then you can work on their whole life. Right? <laughs> But, but you're patient and you're kind. You, you see a person and, and you take the time. You know, people say, I don't have time. You, you take the time. Why? Because you're patient. You, patience is expecting something good to happen already. So it's not hard to be patient because a patient person is actually expecting good things. You want patient people on your side because they're expecting God to move on your behalf any second. Right? Right? Yeah, they're, 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 they're not afraid of, of what's going to happen. They are expecting good things. And then they're going to be kind on top of that. They're going to change somebody's life. As we become, as we allow the things of love to control us, but we allow it. Self-control. Self-control. <laughs> yeah, you got to allow it. Every situation, every situation you're going to react to it one way or the other. Why not react in love? The only reason is because we've trained ourselves to react another way. Hmm? Anybody in here ever got used to yelling at the cars in front of you? And yeah, yeah, it's horrible because you say, I'm just not going to do that anymore. You know what you did? We've trained ourselves to do it. Now you've got to untrain yourself. How do you do that in love? You say, I'm going to put that away. And I'm not doing that anymore. Right? Yeah. I mean, but it, you're, trained, we, you're going to train yourself to do something. Or you're going to, let me rephrase that, you're going to be trained to do something. And what you're trained to do is what you will choose. Sometimes you'll choose it without thought. And so in choosing to do those things, you're, you're going to walk out of love because... That person isn't driving exactly the way you feel like they should. What if they would be more dangerous if they drove faster? Huh? Would you want them in? Would you want them behind you then, or in front of you? (laughs) 
What if they were getting ready to run up on the sidewalk if they did any different than they're doing right now? You wouldn't want them. You know, exactly. You, we don't, we're judging them and in doing so becoming unholy. We're becoming common like everybody else. That's what anybody can do. Anybody can be carnal. Anybody can be unholy. People have to choose to be holy. You have to be self-controlled. Where were we? First Peter 1. He said, be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace given to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. In the King James it says when you get revelation of Jesus Christ. The more revelation of Jesus you get, the, the, more, the more understanding of who you can be through Christ. Right? Then you'll understand in situations, you'll realize you don't have to be mean. You don't have to, and when people are out there talking bad about somebody, you don't have to jump in and talk bad, and you also don't have to walk away and be holier than thou. You could jump in and change the whole conversation if you were walking in the right amount. If you were walking in love that day, you could be fit for the master's use. And you could save them a whole bunch of trouble who are talking bad. Right? Wouldn't that be cool? Instead of just walking away, which still isn't holy, by the way. It's better than talking with them, but it's still not helping. Holiness helps. Holiness always helps. It, 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 because, why? Because you had to do something to make yourself available to God. You had to do something in your own life to make yourself available. And what you did was you put away selfishness and pride. Look at uh, Philippians. Philippians, somewhere in the Bible. Philippians 4. Oh, i got to finish First Peter 1, though, don't I? It says, as, as obedient children, do not conform to the, e- to the evil desires you had when you lived in e- ignorance. In other words, don't, start, don't act like you used to act. Don't, don't conform to who you were before. It's, it's Romans 12, 1 again. Be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. Again, all these things are going to require you to do something, but they require you to do it with what God gave you. Love's not going to just jump on you and make you do things, but it's going to get in you and allow you to do things you couldn't do. And when we start operating in that love and we see the results because they're unfailing, right? When you operate in love, what you're getting ready to do is is a success. You don't have to wonder if it's going to be a success. It's unfailing. It has to succeed. So when you operate in love and you, and you push away the carnal desires, the evil desires that you once had, and, you tra- and you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, you're transformed into what? Well, if you read the verse, go to, go to Romans 12.1. You guys stay where you're at. You guys go to 12.1, Romans 12.1, in the NIV, I think. Yeah, that's the one. Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy... Notice the word holy's in there. Well, why? Because you're offering, yourself, you're, you're saying, make me useful for you, God. Mm-hmm. I'm separating myself unto you. Yes. And, and, and I'm going to be holy and pleasing to you. It's your spirit, spiritual act of worship. And how do you do this? Verse 2. Don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world. The patterns that you once conformed to, the things you used to do, you can't keep doing. Right? If that made you mad before... It's still going to make you mad again, except now you've got other choices. 
Before, you didn't have another choice. You were in the world without God and without hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you yelling at people and from your car was just what you do. <laughs> but now, you have another choice. Now, you can approve what God's will in the situation would be. And this isn't just about you. You know, a lot of times we take these verses and we make them about us. I need to know what God's will is in my life right now. You need to know what God's will is in a situation that He's going to put you in three days from now. And the way you're going to do it is transforming by the renewing of your mind, not allowing the old ways to be in, allowing the new ways to take over and becoming who God made you through Christ Jesus. And as you become that, you become holy and, and you're fit for the Master's use. Amen? What a great thing. Now, where did I tell you guys to go? Philippians 4? That's a good place. Let's go to there. Philippians 4 and 5. It's a real short verse. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. You know, I was reading a couple verses that said, the Lord is at hand, the Lord is near, and both of them talked about being gentle. So apparently, if the, Lord's co- if the Lord's coming back soon, we better get a lot more gentle. I don't, I don't know about all that. This was written several thousand years ago, so he could be coming soon to several thousand years from now or several thousand minutes. Who knows? He's coming. We know that. He said he was, so we know he's coming. It says, let your gentleness... That, in, in the King James, it says, let your moderation, which has been confused for years, and we know that. We've seen that. But now it says let the, what that word moderation literally means is gentleness, uh, kindness, kindness. And, and he says, you let your kindness be made known to all. You. So now it's on you. God's not gonna. God's not gonna make you be kind, but He wants you to let your kindness and your gentleness known to every person. And, and this is possible. Not only is it possible in doing so, you now allow God to work through you in situations that He would not, or that you would not have been able to work in before, because you're kind, you're gentle, you're, you're easy to approach. Huh? And when, when people call you because you're easy to talk to, one of two things, you're doing it like God did it or you're telling them something they shouldn't hear. Because people like to hear what they don't want to hear. You know, oh, you're okay. You're doing just fine. No. <laughs> no. They're going out to the bar tonight drinking and they're going to wake up in the morning with somebody else. And No, it's not. No, that's not the time to tell them it's fine. That's when you say, oh, there's a better way. Good news for you good news for you there's a better way and then you allow the lord to lead you and you speak things that you don't even know you begin to say things that 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 are beyond you why because you've now yielded yourself and you're holy and as you're holy the the master takes over and he begins to use you to to fit the situation to talk to them and to change their mind and to give them an opportunity to repent Amen? And, and when we do this, when, when, we, when we become gentle and when we, we make our gentleness evident. See, the church is going to have to not be common or people aren't going to come looking at it. If they can find the same problems here that they already have, they're not coming here to get answers. Because you don't have answers, you have problems. But if they come to a church 
who, who's, who doesn't have those problems. They don't have backbiting. They don't have, they don't have people upset and mad and the choir don't like the band and, and the band don't like the sound guy and the sound guy thinks the screen guy's messing up and the screen guy <laughs> says the usher got in my way and the usher says if those clean people would stay out of my area and the clean people say, yeah, but the greeters are making things dirty all the time and the, and the, and the greeters are saying, yeah, but it's the parking lot people. It's those parking lot people. And they can get that at home. They can get it right at their own house. <laughs> you ever walk down your neighborhood and, and you walk past three houses and two of them are yelling at each other? Next one's got the TV so loud he can't hear his wife. <laughs> and, and we don't even want to know what the next one's doing. <laughs> That's what's going on in the world. That's common. That's, that should not be happening in the church. One of the ways, the first way to stop that is for us to not be touchy. Love is never touchy or irritable. Hmm? If you're walking in love, you're not touchy or irritable. <laughs> Got a lot of women saying, well, I'm 50-something and I'm a little touchy and irritable. <laughs> Guess what? God has an answer for that too. Say, you're a man, you don't know. I, God knows. I love you. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> now I totally lost my place. <laughs> if, we, if we're going to operate, if we're, the church is going to have to be different. Holy is going to have to be different than unholy. There's going to have to be a separation between the two. And in the world, that's happening right now. If you've noticed, that there used to be huge gray areas where Christians would be in. A Christian that's now in a gray area is in a very dangerous place. Very dangerous place. He needs to get back. And you know what? It's our job to let them know that. It is not safe in this world to straddle the fence right now. You need to decide to serve God and you need to decide to serve Him with all your heart. If you're not serving Him with all your heart, you are in a very dangerous spot. Amen? Because, because, because that line between, between black and white, between darkness and light, is very not gray, if you will. There, there's one side and the other and it's becoming more and more prevalent. And, and it should. But what should be happening, though, is that the dark side shouldn't be getting darker. We should be getting brighter. We should be getting brighter. We, we should be changing from, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. We should be changing. We should never react the way the world reacts. We should never... Look, here's, what, here's how the world reacts. This woman was caught in adultery. And they say, oh, no, that's how the church reacted. If it is, that's a bad church. Don't go there. That's how religion reacts. That's how people who are not walking in love react. They say stoner. Love always has a better answer. Why? Because it's gentle and kind. Jesus wasn't mean and hard. He was gentle and kind. And He made it evident to all. Right there in that moment, He made it very evident. And He did it by not just helping the lady. He helped the people too because they were being self-righteous. They were, going, they were going to throw stones when they had no right to. 
which would have hurt them because then they would have been judged. He kept them from being judged. <laughs> yeah, because had they thrown a stone, they'd have had to been judged right there. Because he said, whoever has no sin among you, toss. Nobody tossed. Why? Because you can't do that. Which, which is another way to keep ourselves is realize where we were and where God's brought us from. You won't judge other people if you realize where God brought you from. You could have been them. You probably were them. Actually, most of them were probably better than me. Right? So we don't want to judge people. We want our gentleness to be evident. We want our kindness to be evident. We want to help people. Judgment won't help. Mercy. Mercy helps. Mercy and kindness are interchangeable in the Bible over and over again. You look at the Young's literal translation, every place it says mercy almost all the time changes it to kindness. When the blind, when the blind guys ask for mercy, it, it says show us kindness in the Young's literal translation, at least in one of, one of the instances. Why? Because kindness is bigger than we think. Kindness will be kind to unthankful people. That's what our Father's like. He's kind to the unthankful. In other words, they don't have to be what He thinks they should be for Him to be kind to them. Amen? This is good. I like this tonight. You guys like it? You've got to like me whether you like this or not. So, Get your love pants on and go. Look at Philippians 4 5 in the, in the Amplified. Amplified. There we are. It says, let all men know and perceive and recognize. To recognize it means you're going to have to be doing something, right? You can't just tell people, I'm gentle. Anybody looking for a gentle guy? Gentle. I said I was gentle. Don't you get it? Can't believe you went to them. I'm gentle. Kind all the time. You idiot. <laughs> you know why we laugh? We've been there, haven't we? We've been there. I don't understand why they called them. I've been their friend for years. They didn't call me. You've been their friend for years. Called you before. That shouldn't be a chance to get offended. That should be a chance to get fixed. Right? Lord, show me what I'm doing wrong. I had a guy joking around with me. I was at a ballpark not long ago. And the guy was joking around. He found out I was a minister. And he started asking me a bunch of questions. And he thought he was asking a joke. He said, he said what can I do to make my wife what word do you, more amorous towards me? And I looked at him and I said, do you want the real answer? Or do you want a joke? He said, no, give me the real answer. I said, pray that God show you how to be a better husband. <laughs> That's the answer. You can't change people. You can change you. That's who you can change. He didn't like that. No, nah, he actually he thought it was funny. He <laughs> was a good guy. <clears throat> Where were we? Oh, let all men know, perceive and recognize... You're unselfish. Unselfish. And love has zero selfishness. It, that's why when you look at the love verses, you can't look at them upside down. They're not put in there for you to look at what other people should be doing for you. 
They're put in there so you can look at what you should be doing for others. The Bible is written to you. It's written to me. If you go through it, when, he's, when Paul's writing to the churches over and over again, he, he tells you to do things. You to, he, doesn't tell, he, ne, he never tells you to go do, make somebody else change. He says, you change. Change yourself. Uh, because you, you can't change other people. But one way you could change other people is first changing yourself. Because then they can perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, your forbearing, forbearing spirit. That's what that, those are the things you're wanting to show. Those are the things that you're wanting to come out. But those things don't just come out. You have to show them. And how you show them is not by saying, well, I'm going to be gentle no matter what. No, Lord, show me how to be gentle. You put this gentleness in me. Show me how to use it. You put this love in me. Show me how to use it. You know, train me. Train me. There's, there's actually a verse in here that, that talks about being trained. Um, Titus. Titus 2.12 in the Amplified. But you'll have to put 11 up first or it won't make any sense. Well, it'll make some sense, but not a lot. For the grace of God, His unmerited favor and blessing has come forward, appeared for the deliverance from sin and eternal salvation for all mankind. How many know salvation through Jesus Christ is for everybody? Not one per- He didn't leave one person out. How unselfish is that? God saved people who hated Him. He saved people who still don't know they're saved. It's our job to let them know they could be. You've got to be gentle and kind to do that. How many people have ever heard repent or you're going to hell work? Not very often. Sometimes you can scare somebody out of hell for a little while anyway. It's not a good way to do it. Salvation for all mankind. Verse 12, it has trained us. What has trained us? Salvation. Salvation. Salvation is not just you being saved. It's you being filled with the the power of God, the things of God. It, It puts God's very presence in you, the Holy Spirit. So now you have abilities you didn't have before you got saved. And that same Spirit trains you to reject and renounce all ungodliness. What what do we have to do? We have to be trained to reject it. You have to be taught to reject it. Why? Because you weren't rejecting it before. Just because you got saved don't mean you know everything about being saved. Right? When you were born, you didn't know where you were going to work when you were 30. You didn't even know how to eat. You didn't know anything. You were taught. You were trained. And and in this, you were born again. And now He's going to train us how to renounce all ungodliness and worldly, passionate desires to live discreet, temperate, self-controlled. We've got to be trained by the Holy Spirit to do these things. You've got to... We have to pull ourselves, sanctify ourselves. We've got to separate ourselves unto God and say, use me. Use what you've put in me to help other people. When I wake up in the morning, I want to be a blessing to somebody. I don't want to hurt somebody. Help me to use what you've put in me to help others. That's how... That's holiness. That's a holiness prayer. That's saying, separate me from this so that I can be used by you. 
I don't want to be ungodly. I don't want to live by my old worldly desires that did whatever they want whenever they wanted to do it, said, said what it thought. Saying what you think, you know, well, that's just what I think. <laughs> well, that and a nickel won't even get you a cup of coffee. It's not about what we think. And, and people that are having problems don't need our opinions. Right? You know, you can go to a thousand counselors and get their opinion on how you should fix whatever you're going through, or you can go to the Word of God and you can get a permanent answer for a real problem. God, does, God doesn't, He doesn't repair you to get you to the next stop all the time. He'll fix you, He'll give you an answer that'll fix it. And, and He'll give those answers through us if we'll yield ourselves to Him. He's wanting to use us. He's looking for somebody who's making their self available to Him. And for us, for us to make ourselves available to Him for that use, we have to pull back from these earthly desires. We have to pull back from all those things that kept us in the world before. Right? It says it trained us to renounce it and live discreet, temperate, self-controlled, upright, and devout life. And see, we've got to take these words and not look at them like we've learned them. You know, upright and devout, those are religion words. I'm holy. If you don't think I'm holy, just look at me. I'm holy. I walk like I'm holy. I work at a church and I'm holy. I've been holy several times. Holier than you. Were you at church last Friday night? What about Sunday? Were you there? Were you there? Huh? You remember what he preached on? You Sometimes a brother more asks what scripture on. I know. Hmm? <laughs> you? No, I don't think so. I know. Huh? <laughs> That's not upright or devout, and it sure ain't holy. Why? Because it didn't help anybody. Everything that God does in you and through you is designed to help somebody else. And if it's not working its way that direction, it's no good. Your salvation alone wasn't just designed to get you to heaven. It was designed to get you and several others. Hmm? I mean, if you were excited about it, you'd want to tell somebody, wouldn't you? Thank you, Lord. Where were we going after that? Page 2, that's where. First uh, Peter 4. Man, we went through a whole page. You guys, are, do you guys understand, you know, this, this is maybe not like last week where we were talking about healing and little kids and, and those, are, those are great things. But once, once we get the things of God, we want to have whatever it takes to be used by God. I, I don't want to be on the bench. I want to be part of the team. I, I want to play. Amen? I, I, want, I want to be somebody who partakes of His divine nature at all times. I, I, want, I don't want my nature to always be in control of my life because my nature before I was born again was no good. But through salvation, I've been able, I, I'm, I'm now able to partake of His divine nature. What's His divine nature? He's kind. He's gentle. He's patient. He's love. Right? He always has a good answer, an answer at the right time for the right person every time he's asked. There's never a time somebody's going to come to God and say, Lord, I really need your help. He's going to say, mm, not right now. I don't, I'm going to have to think on that. Your problem's so big. I don't think I can help you right now. There's ne that's never going to happen. 
That's never going to happen. Why? Because he, he is holy. He is holy, and He has an answer every time. Did I say First Peter 4? Here's your other verse that says the end of things is all near. The end of all things is near. Verse 7, I think it is. Is that right? Yeah, verse 7. <laughs> the end of all things is at hand. Let's look at the NIV on this one too. I'm not into ye right now. King James, I'm a little upset with him. No. <laughs> he said something, I, I didn't like it. There's one more thing that's going to happen in church. You know that preacher? I don't like the verses he uses. I don't like the way he says them. And he spit on me the other day. <laughs> do, you know, do you know there's a, a million reasons that the devil can give you to get upset and all you got to do is say no. All you got to do is say no. I'm not going to do that. I remember Miss Gloria taught a message one time and she said all he said is not my thought. That's not my thought. It's not your thought. Your thoughts are good. Thoughts of, of, of peace and prosperity. Thought, good thoughts. Amen? That's our thoughts. Our thoughts are, are that we, we can now, we can control what the devil, he, he's not in control. There's a lot of people, I just couldn't help myself. I just got so mad I couldn't help. You can help yourself. If you desire to be holy more than you desire to be common, you can help yourself. You came to church tonight. You could have desired not to. But you desired to come more than you desired not to. Right? And, and desire to come one. Glory to God. He, he, gives us, he gives us a choice and He also gives us the ability to make the right choice. And He gives us the zeal to want to make that choice. Which is a good thing, right? Zeal, that's why I forgot that verse. It was a good verse too. We'll go back to that. There we go. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Huh. So, cloudy-minded and, and controlled by your flesh is not a good position to pray from. How many know if, if a problem comes up, say, and it's an emergency... And you say, oh, i got to start praying in the Spirit. And, oh, pray, pray, pray. Can you pray? Oh, pray. That's fear. That's not praying. Seriously. Anxiety is not faith. Brother Moore just been teaching on that, hasn't he? Anxiety is not faith. And fear is not faith. You can pray as hard and fast as you want. And until you pray in faith, there's not going to get any answers. And so if somebody calls you to pray... Don't get in fear, get in faith. They may be in fear and need your faith. Get in faith in a hurry and begin to pray. Fear is not a good place to pray from. I've done, I remember some, I forget what was happening. I was driving and somebody called me. Man, I started driving fast and praying as hard as I can. I got to the end of it and all I was was winded. <laughs> that's it. And that's all I got out of that. Why? Because I was praying in fear. God can't answer a fear prayer. There's no, you can't pray in fear and get answers. It's the prayer of faith that heals the sick. It's the prayer of faith. Where were we? Oh, back there to 1 Peter 4. Self-controlled so that you can pray. We, what, you know, when people need prayer, they don't need somebody that's going to pray out of faith. They don't need somebody that's got a cloudy mind. I, you know, I don't know if God does this. I, I'm not sure about this. 
I'm not, I'm not sure how to pray. I'm not, I'm not, they're clouded. And, and, now, and, and, you know, I don't know if you've been good enough for me to get this anyway. What have you been doing? Why, why is this going on? That, that's not self-controlled or that, that's, that's very unhelpful. Right? God never questions what somebody's been doing when he fixes them. He may tell you after he fixes you, don't do that anymore. But he'll fix you first, right? I mean, what, what, what if well, when Peter was drowning? Yeah, and remember, Peter was the only one in the boat that had faith anyway. He got out. Everybody else was standing there watching him. Right. Go, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> you go, Peter. Yeah. You know, I don't think even their moral support was helping. He's going to sink any minute. I just know it. <laughs> he, he doesn't see this wind. It's pretty bad. If he sees the wind, he's gone. They had no faith. What else would they say? you got to have faith to say anything else. You want to be one of the people in the boat or you want to be Jesus helping? Right? But when Peter did sink, he had the wherewithal to say, Save me, Lord. And the Lord didn't say, Okay, guys, now while he's drowning, just let me tell you. You don't have any faith and I'm tired of being around you. You know what? I'm about to give up on every one of you. If this is how it's going to be for the next three and a half years, and then I'm no, I'm tired of it, forget it. And Peter, man, he's glub, 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 glub. No, he, he grabbed his hand, he pulled him out, he took him to safety, out of the problem, the storm calmed, then correction came. Right? How many, you know what? People could be doing all they know to do and, and correction may be needed, but it's a punch in the gut if it's the first thing you hear. Right? Correction almost always came from Jesus whenever some, one of those situations happened. There was almost always some correction, but it was after. It was after they were safe and sound. I mean, think about the lady that, he, that was caught in adultery. You know, did, did, who, where, where's your condemners? Neither do I condemn you. Go, sin no more. Well, that's correction. Go, sin no more. What if he said, you sinner? Sad old sinner. I don't know. I, don't, I should be throwing rocks at you right now. <laughs> that's not going to help anybody. And it's, and it's not love. To take somebody from one place to another, you've got to start with love. Correction offered in love will change their life. Correction offered just so you can correct them. It's not. I, I was doing something not long ago, and people kept saying stuff, and, and I, I had my corrective ears on. You guys ever do this? Stop it. If you see your corrective ears getting on, <laughs> twist them. <laughs> I had my corrective ears, and I kept saying, no, no, don't say it that way. Do this. And I was smiling when I said it, but it's, it's still they didn't need to hear it, nor could they. They couldn't hear it. It wasn't time. Correction's great, but it's not always time for correction. I mean, I was a parent, and what if I had spent every day correcting my child? I wouldn't have had much fun. And she would have hated me. I'm not saying some correction didn't happen every day throughout the day, but it wasn't the main course. Right? The main course was love. Served up with a little correction and a lot of fun. And here's some extra money for her. 
All of them were necessary, but they all had an order and a time. They all had an order and a time. And, and correction is not necessarily what somebody that doesn't know Jesus needs at all because they can't be corrected. Right? To tell somebody they're living horrible. Well, they already knew that. And they didn't care before you told them. Why are they going to care now? Right? You know, to be holy, we've got to be willing not only to be used by God, but to be somebody God can use. <laughs> you have to become that. How many know you're not always that? You've got to become that. Being a Christian doesn't qualify you to help all the time. Being holy qualifies you to help. Right? Forsaking some of the things that, that would hurt other people, that, that's, that's going to qualify you to help. Living for God, doing things the way God wants them done, letting God change your life so that you can change others. Those are the things God's looking for in people's lives. Amen? Let's look at uh, First Peter or Second Timothy. First Peter. We're in First Peter. Second Timothy 2. Servant of the Lord. Someone being used by God, a servant of the Lord, right? Second Peter 2:24. And don't get me wrong, correction is necessary. Everyone is going to need it. But can they take it when they get it? <laughs> okay. I'm going to stay off of that right now. You want it. And don't get me wrong, parents, you got children. They need to be corrected. Yeah. Children, you need to be corrected. But are you going to get tired of it if you're corrected every second of every day? If you're micromanaged in your whole childhood? Huh? You're not doing that right. Hold your fork a different way. Those blocks aren't stacked right. Restack them. <laughs> that weeble does not belong at that gas station. That's the farmer. Put him over here with the cow. Get the gas station guy and put him back over here in the weeble gas station. My mom always said, fight the battles that need to be fought when they need to be fought. All of them will need to be addressed at one point. But you don't need to address them all at once. What if God addressed all your problems all at once? Ooh. <laughs> Second Timothy 2.24, NIV. Is it the NIV? No, sorry, KJV. Me and King James, we got back on because I, <laughs> I repented. I repented. <laughs> Servant of the Lord must not strive. Servant of the Lord must not strive. The servant of the Lord, somebody being used by God, is not supposed to be in strife with the person they're being used, by, used for. How, how many know you can't strive and help somebody? You can argue with somebody yeah. all day long. You're not going to help them. You, what, why are you striving in the first place? You want to be right. You want to be right. It says you must not strive, but be gentle. There's that word again. Be gentle. Be kind to all men apt to teach. Be kind before you're apt to teach. Don't be apt to teach and then try to go get some kindness. Be kind, then be apt to teach. You've got to be gentle unto all men and apt to teach. Patient. What, 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 he's using a whole bunch of love words here. 
What's he saying? If you're going to change somebody's life, if I'm going to use you to change somebody's life, it, it's not about you being right. It's about you being used by me. Amen. It's about them hearing from me. It's about them changing their life. It's about them seeing that, that, that there's, there's a kind and loving God that wants to help them, that does want to teach them, but he wants to help them. Apt to teach, patient. Next verse. In meekness. Meekness. Humility. Well, what's he saying? Not above them. You can't teach anyone from here. Hmm? You teach them from here. You teach them from here. You've got to come down to their level. They can't hear. You know, it's like if somebody came in and started speaking a bunch of really professorish words to me, then I'd say, I don't really understand you, but I know you're smart. I can't, you can't help me, but man, I sure know you're smart now. Good work. <laughs> In meekness, come down to their level. Come, remember, you could be where they're at. You probably have been where they're at. In meekness, in meekness, instructing, not instructing and then getting meekness. In meekness, instructing. Correction needs to come through humility. Not through, I'm better than you. Now, you can't be holier than somebody and, and operate in holiness. <laughs> Peradventure, you're instructing somebody who's opposing not you, so why aren't you going to strive? Because they're not opposing you anyway. There's no reason for you to strive against them. They're not opposing you. They're opposing themselves. Everything they're doing is hurting them, and, and you should be looking to help them because everything they're doing is hurting them, and you want to help them. So you, in meekness, instruct them. You don't strive with them. You, in gentleness and apt to teach and patience, you take the time and then because what you're wanting is them to repent. You're, you're, the end result of what you're trying to accomplish is that God would give them repentance to the acknowledging of what He just helped you to tell them, the truth. And as they acknowledge the truth, then God used you to change somebody's life. Glory to God. And that's what we're looking to do. Let's close this up. First Peter. I think we've got all that we need tonight. 1 Peter 2 and then 3. We're going to look at 2, 1, and 2, and then 3, 8, and 9. Because he says finally in 3, so that means it's final. Right? Isn't that how you work your message? You try to find finally in it? And then you can say finally. Finally. <laughs> in 1 Peter 2, verse 1 and 2, he, and, and this is in the Amplified. Let's look at it in the Amplified. He said, Be done, so be done. What's he saying? There's some things we need to get rid of. Let's just be done with them. Be done with every trace of wickedness, depravity, malignity, whatever. Malignity, whatever. Don't malign people. There you go. How about that? All deceit and insincerity, pretense and hypocrisy, grudges. Been trying to get something happen in your life, but you, you, you just can't get over what that person did to you? Mm. That'll be a hindrance to God helping you. But what's he saying? That'll be a hindrance to you, to you helping others. These are all hindrances. Why is he trying to get you, get you to get rid of these? He's saying get rid of grudges, envy, jealousy, slander, evil speaking of every kind. What's he saying? You get rid of it. He's, he's not saying come to me and I'll take that away from you. He's saying you get rid of it. And as you get rid of it, verse 2, like newborn babes, 
you should crave, thirst for, earnestly desire the pure milk, spiritual milk, that by you may by it you may be nurtured and grow unto completed salvation. In other words, what he's saying is get rid of these so that you can grow to, to where your salvation is not just about you, but that you can help others. Now your salvation is about so many more. It's about me taking what I know about God and, and building it up in me to where it changes your life. You now see my gentleness. It's now evident what's going on in my life. I, I've decided I'm not doing that. You made me mad, but I'm not staying mad. You said that. I didn't. I, it's like water off a duck's back. That, that's, what thing, that's what offense has to be for a Christian. You can't allow the things that other people do to control your life, to control your actions. The things other people do should only control their life. What they do should make you decide to be better than you were. If it makes you mad, say, Lord, that made me mad, and I don't like that I got mad about that. I want to grow. I want to grow because I don't want to be mad every time somebody doesn't do something the way I wanted it done. <laughs> and everybody in the world has a way they like things done, and it's never the way somebody else likes it done. Right? In my house, we just do it the way she likes it done. Right? <laughs> because I don't have a way I like it done. What I like is to do it when I want to do it. And sometimes that's not very often. So, <laughs> so we, we don't do it that way. And you know what? I really do like it the way she likes it. So that's really nice. Clean and kept is good. Especially when you don't have to be the clean kepter. 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9. We're closing with this. Finally. Finally. This is NIV. All of you live in harmony with one another. What's he saying? If you begin to strive, if you begin to have envy, if you begin to have divisions, then you're not doing this. And and you're not going to get into holiness. Why? Because this is the kind of things that lead you into holiness. You have to be... And and harmony is not just oneness. It's working together as one. You know, harmony isn't just being at the same place at the same time. It's being at the same place at the same time doing the same thing. And doing it so well that everybody around you likes it. Right? Like if if you were going to sing... Uh, and, and it was going to be a really good harmony, everybody would be singing their part, right? Yeah, I have a part. It's, that's why they don't let me sing, because it would disrupt their harmony. <laughs> Live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. You know, a lot of times people say, well, hey, you're not supposed to be sympathetic. You're not supposed to say, oh, so sorry you're going through that. That's just awful, Don. I can't believe you're going through that. You shouldn't have to go through that. That's just wrong. That, that's the wrong kind of... They're saying, understand that what they're going through, you could have been through or have been through. Yeah. Right? Just, uh, know what they're going through. And, and, don't, and don't just say, why are you going through that? I can't believe you're... If you were more spiritual than that, you wouldn't be going through that, Don. Now, come on. That's, that's not sympathy or compassion. That's just mean. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Love as brothers. In other words, love like they're not going to be, they're always going to be part of your life. You know, when you don't love like brothers, you figure they're going away sometime. But you know, your brother is always going to be your brother. 
You know, when we got in fights when we were little kids, we got over it. You know why? Because he's still going to be my brother tomorrow, and i got to sleep in the bunk bed under him. <laughs> and it may not be good if we don't get over it right now. <laughs> and you know what? Little kids, they just get over it anyway, and they go play. Well, that's the other thing. If you're mad at somebody, you can't play with them real good. You don't have a lot of fun. But man, when you're not mad, you guys, you're back to fun just like that. So you can forgive just like a little kid. You can love as brothers. And be compassionate. Let your love have an action. And be humble. And, and, and always be ready to do something for God. To allow God to use you in a situation. Don't be too big for it. Don't be too small for it. Be right there on the spot every time that you need to be on the spot. In verse 9, Don't repay evil for evil and insult with insult. Well, they, they did that to me. I don't they deserve. I hope they get what they deserve. Right? And they called me ugly. I think they're uglier. <laughs> How many know this is going nowhere? This is going nowhere. And acting that way will not get you to a place where God can use you to help people and you can't get to the blessing that you're supposed to inherit doing those things because we're supposed to inherit that blessing together we're supposed to inherit that blessing as one you inherit it i inherit it the family inherits that we we have to we have to work together we have to as a church as a church body we have to make sure that envy and strife that the things that are that we don't wear our feelings on our sleeve that we do things that create unity and harmony that we that if somebody does say something that's, that that we just didn't hit us right we assume they didn't mean it like tonight if i said something that made you mad i didn't mean it that way i really didn't i wasn't trying to make you mad if you got mad, maybe you didn't hear me right. Did I say I loved you right after that? Come on. Huh? Because I do. We want to get to this. We're all going for the same goal. We're all heading the same direction. We're all trying to get to the same place. And we all want to be available for God's use at any time that He might need us. You're going to be somewhere this week, and God's going to need you there. The question is, are you going to be holy when you get there or are you going to be common? And, and that's the question. If he needs you to go to the hospital, is that going to be too big a hassle? <laughs> right? If he, if he needs you to talk on the phone for two hours to somebody, it, I just don't have time. You know, or, or I don't have the words. You have, if, if you'll allow God to use you, you'll have everything you need at the time you need it to help that person. Amen? Amen? And we can all do this together. I don't know how to end this, so stand to your feet. I think it may have ended two scriptures ago. Thank you, Lord. He's helping us. He, you know what? He wants to heal us, but He also wants, he also wants us to be in a, in a place where we can pray healing over somebody. And if my prayers are hindered because I'm in a fight with, my, with Rob because he didn't listen to me or he, he didn't like the way I said something, so now I'm mad because I could tell he didn't like it. And he wasn't telling me that he didn't like it. He just was dealing with something else, and I just took it like he was mad. He wasn't mad at all. But now I'm, in, now I'm all messed up because I think he's mad. And he's not mad. Now we're hindered. And we wonder why things aren't going well. I wonder why this can't go well. I wonder why it's not getting done. It's not getting done because we're allowing things to get in our way 
of, of being the kind of help that God wants us to be in every way. Amen? Glory to God. You got a song? Sing.